0: Don't wake the baby. Don't wake the baby. Don't wake the baby. Wow. Be very, very quiet.
1: I've been waiting to do this since I saw The Lion King. Oh, yeah. uh, it's yeah. <laughs> well, folks,
0: this is Emmett. This is Emmett. Came to say hi today. How you doing, dude? Good to see you. Do you like you love bright light? We know that, so yeah, you're yeah. gonna love being up here. <laughs> Yeah. So you get to see a rare thing today. Three oldest sons and three oldest grandsons, all in the same spot. Here we are. Emmett's been a blast so far. What's he done this week? What adventures? I I think he went on a walk, right?
1: He did go on a walk, uh, but other than that, yep, just a lot of sleeping, eating, and then the... Producing? Back end of the eating, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. We we, we noticed this morning that uh, we don't have a lot of like just freshly newborn clothes. And he's two days away from being a month old, uh, and he's essentially lived in onesies. So we think that by the time he's 20, he's, he's just going to become addicted to all these onesies and he's just going to stay in them. So the well, so shirt's like five sizes too big, but he's nice. And,
0: and and on the back, there's a tag? Yeah, we officially Comes went and got him tag. checked
1: in. So the Worvies, <laughs> Worvies got him all checked in, and we're going to go drop him off here in a minute. But we uh, figured he'd... Everybody wanted to at least see what yeah, we've been yeah. talking about for the last however yep, many months. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll stay here. Good. Don't yeah, make him read.
0: We're not. <laughs> Please don't make him read. <laughs> he's, he's not <laughs> there yet. What's, what's going on? <laughs> so you, you got your weekend update, and you're not going to pay attention to a word I'm saying, so I, here we go. But anyway, good stuff going on in the weekend update. One, of course, is uh, that next week we're going to be going ahead and getting started on going deeper, the study that we're doing together. And uh, I, I love, I mean, the groups are really filling up. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility at this point that you're wanting to do a group and you've looked at all the opportunities and you're like, man, they're, either they're closed or I don't have a slot for me. If, if you're looking to do a group and, and you haven't been able to get into one, talk to them today at the welcome desk because we wanna make sure that you get the chance to get involved in a group. And of course, you'll need to get your book too. And we've said to you, you know, you, you don't have to be in a group to do the book. We would love for you to do both. Uh, four days of devotional studies that you go through. And then we gather together a piece of this particular round will be a a short video you'll be watching, some teaching from them. So just like last year, we want an, a same-page experience. We're all going through the same thing together. And then... and then uh, learning and growing.
1: Another piece that we've added, uh, that I've talked about for a couple weeks now, is that the high schoolers will be doing the exact same thing as all the journey groups. So they're gonna be watching the videos, they're gonna be going through the books, and we're actually gonna give them some prompting questions for their parents, if they're gonna be, if the parents are a part of the group. So uh, make sure that, again, even if your group doesn't meet on Sunday like we do, if if you're waiting until Friday, Engage those high schoolers. Ask them, this, ask them some questions. Make sure you're doing this. You can do it together. Do it as a family. I realize now that Ryan and Adam have a whole new thing to make fun of as I'm using him to point my hand gestures. But uh, yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm really excited for that piece of it because I think our, our kids are ready for a, a challenge like that. Um, but also, they, we want to see what can come from the, the family aspect of that.
0: So. And remember on the book, you're not, you're not doing anything with the book until after next sunday so after next sunday or or you know in alignment with your group starting the first group is a chance to to get together to connect to find out how it all works and then we and then we launch into the eight studies after that and and with groups i always kind of say the same thing you know we all have the intention of joining a group, we are signed up for the group, and then that first day comes, and for some of us, we're like, "Ah, I don't know, and and we don't show up or whatever. Just, you know, the hardest thing about this right now is going to be show up the first time, get there. Kind of like you, you're here the first time. Awesome. So um, that's, that's the grow deeper. The other that I just wanted to call attention to briefly, thank you so much to all of you who have expressed interest about LifeWise Academy. And I, so LifeWise Academy is a school release program that basically the kids are in school, they're released for an hour to come over to church to do religious instruction, and then they're sent back on over to school. And um, we, we've been investigating this. A piece of the investigating is to express uh, community interest, because you know a school board is going to want to know hey it 's not just some wacko pastor 's idea you yeah. know that there are people that are actually interested in this, so you signing up for this has not been you signing up to be a teacher right. or, or really do anything with the program it is it 's been a hundred percent yes, we would love to see this in our community so if you haven 't done that yet, just like last week we got we got the squiggles on the screen, you take your phone and Take it to camera, take a picture of the squiggles, it'll give you a website to go to and sign up. I think we're at 117 Expressions of Interest right fantastic, now. fantastic, yeah. Which life-wise is, you know, the people there are thrilled. And then there's going to be a, a meeting about it where we'll be in on a, a simulcast together in the middle of February. That was in the, let's go back here and see. Oh, February 21st from six to seven. So there's a, there's a link there to get details on that you got volleyball coming up this, this Tuesday, so get signed up for that. The miracle of that one is that Shelly signed up. I know. Wow. What's, what's happened to your sister? I don't this know. She became like a program.
1: runner this year, even though I, you guys have heard the story. Are you going to start singing? <laughs> no, the people don't want me to start singing. Okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I tried to get Shelly to run with me in high school because we were starting to become friends finally, and I got her to come out for cross country one day two consecutive years. Day one, she ran and said, I hate it. I quit. And then second year, same thing. So maybe I have to join volleyball, go play sports with my sister. Huh? I love it. I love it.
0: So that's coming up. And then the last part was attached to last week. And that was this whole, yeah, I know. He loves, he's the noisiest kid. Noisy in his sleep, just kind of makes squeaks and groans. The makes whole no time. sense
1: because I'm not noisy at all. Right.
0: (laughs) Um, We gave you some Bible tools down there at the bottom. So if you've not used the Bible app, a direct link to that, a direct link to Dwell. And remember, our church has the Dwell subscription, so you're not paying for it. It'll ask you about paying. You don't have to. You just go ahead Mm -hmm. and join our group, and you're into it. And then I gave you a link to a one-year Bible if you want to read through the Bible in the year, as well as that other plan called the cell plan of Optina, which is basically the New Testament in 89 days. So you're reading one gospel chapter and two chapters from the rest of the New Testament. But some different different approaches on Bible reading, take on a Bible reading program. Now here's the thing, you start reading the Bible and whether it's verse of the day or a chapter or whatever, I promise you there are gonna be times that you're gonna be reading along and going, that made no sense, made no sense. And so the question is, what do you do when it doesn't make sense? And, and the thing I'd say, first of all, is don't give up. Just because you didn't understand it. There was a point, believe it or not, that you didn't understand that one plus one was two, right? And now, boom, you got that thing down. And you even know two plus two now. I mean, it's amazing how you've grown. And so the same with the Bible, that maybe the first time you read it, you go, I don't get that. But in time, some of that growth will come. One of the things that we recommend is if you read a single verse and it doesn't make sense, read the whole paragraph. Read, read the section it's in or read the whole chapter. Sometimes it's kind of like talking to my wife. If I only listened to a sentence and didn't <laughs> listen to the whole thing, Brian sent this great video recently. I should have it up. He says, this is my brain when my wife speaks. And the printer printed... And the paper fell right into the shredder. Zoom. And I think, you know, unfortunately, that happens for a lot of us, right? We only hear a sentence. We only hear a word, and it doesn't make sense. We've got to hear the whole paragraph. We've got to hear the whole conversation. There's a rumbling.
1: I have to defend myself. (laughs) That was not when my wife... No defense, right? This is a true statement. That was not when my wife speaks. That was when somebody... When I get introduced, I learn their name for the first time. Oh, really? So...
0: See... I guess okay. I didn't read that. I just, yeah. I just imagined your much, relationship. It's not much better, but I don't want to get in trouble at home, too. Come okay, up. maybe she followed up and said <laughs> yeah, yeah, she yeah. recognizes yeah. that better. <laughs> but anyway. um, so one of the things to do is to read the bigger context. And sometimes that still won't help. Yeah. So a couple of things that will really help. One is a study Bible. Mm-hmm. You've talked about your study Bible before, so yeah. go ahead with My that. My
1: grandparents uh, gave all the grandkids one, uh, one Christmas a John MacArthur study Bible with their names on it and everything, so it's all fancy. Uh, but it, you can get these study Bibles in any version that you know, you can get them in NLT, you can get them in ESV, um, you can get them in IV, whatever. The nice thing about the, the study aspect of it, I'm sorry, I'm still laughing. The <lacking>. pointer. <laughs> the pointer. I see Sherry back there just losing it, so it's uh, Yeah. The pointer. <laughs> Now, uh, the, the nice thing about the study Bible is it literally has all these references that you read, you read a verse, and you can drop down to the notes, and it explains either what that word originally was, you know, was something changed, altered, uh, how did it fit in, like, American English, or uh, it gives you the, the story in context. It, uh, I, what I love about the New Testament pieces of the study Bibles, is that it often says this is a direct quote from something in the Old Testament. So it shows the connection, and it shows how stinking well Jesus knew the Bible, yeah. uh, you know, and how well Paul knew the scripture. So, mm-hmm. um, so those study Bibles are amazing. Another resource that I like to use is called blueletterbible.com. Uh, Blue Letter Bible is an unbelievable resource. So if you don't want to buy a, a study Bible, Blue Letter Bible has all kinds of commentaries, Uh, From theologians, from pastors, from everybody, the one thing that you do need to always check, I mean, even, you know, here I've been um, espousing my support for uh, the MacArthur Study Bible, people are fallible, we are imperfect, and so we do our best. Scripture's inspired, the notes are not. Correct. The notes are commentary. So even if you go to, you know, one of these things that we suggest, please make sure that you're doing the homework to find out, does this person actually follow what uh, what the Bible says are they are they doing this with the right intent Are they doing it with the right heart um, And does it match with what with what God has for us So uh, it's a blue letter Bible study Bibles all very good resources especially as we're getting into um, into journey groups and into uh, the diving deeper so. Yeah.
0: And if you're wondering, you know, so a study of Bible can be investment. I mean, you can get a hardback one for probably about 30 bucks. You can buy leather ones that I'm not kidding are up to $500. So you got all these different ranges, but it's same words, (laughs) words, right. If you're, if you're wondering, is this a good one or not? Feel free to go ahead and Mm -hmm. send a text to the church number. And I'd be glad to give input on which I like the one that new international version put out. The ESV one is really good. Uh, the the um, new living one, all three of those, I've got them all, and the notes in those are good. Um, some of the individual teachers, I mean, MacArthur has one, Stanley has one. Just about everybody that preaches seems mm-hmm. to have their own study Bible. Um, So, and then a lot of you use the life application study Bibles, those ones are really good too. The thing to be aware of on a study Bible is it does not necessarily make a comment on every verse. Some verses won't be there, but it might still give you greater context. The next step up would be a commentary, Mm -hmm. and um, commentaries are great, Uh, there are a couple of them out there that, and I'll I'll give you links to these in in the next update. But they're, they're one-volume or two-volume commentaries that cover the whole Bible so that you're not having to buy literally a book for each book, although you can do that, too. I really like the Tyndale Study Bibles. Or it's, uh, it's Tyndale commentaries in terms of the ones that are per book. And then um, I have another one. I couldn't remember the title, and I thought I had the copy here, and I don't. So And I didn't bring it with me, but there's one by uh, the Dallas Seminary Professors. It's really good. Another resource that I found really helpful, uh, biblegateway.com, uh, they actually have a program now that's called Bible Gateway Plus, and you're, you're able to do a membership through them, I think it's $40 or $50, something like that, and, and it literally has like 20-some study Bibles that they reference, as well as commentaries that they reference, and you're like, man, 40 bucks for a, a subscription, are you kidding me? Uh, you pay three or four times that to go golfing once, so shut up. And you know, and, it feels like a personal attack. And and you're and you're and right now you're poking your spouse and saying, see? And well you cricket, and that costs money too. So anyway, just I, I think you really need to think of Bible study as a hobby. You think of it as a hobby, and you—you know—you invest in your hobbies. This is something you'd invest in.
1: The thing I want to point out, just because we all have different backgrounds, different understandings, commentaries are not the same as devotionals. Devotionals are supplementary. So, like, if you're going on to U-version and reading one of those Bible plans, that doesn't necessarily—that's not necessarily a commentary. That is just something supplemental that you can use for application's sake or for understanding's sake. But it's not like a direct commentary
0: one other things that that we try to get in the hands of our small group leaders and others there's this great book called hard sayings of the bible uh four different writers and nice and thick but it typically if it's a passage that's confusing they have an explanation in here so that's that's a good one to get a surprise well. not thicker right right so that's that and uh i'm not going to have you do any reading today but hey bud have fun in the nursery don't let them cause you any trouble and don't, don't beat anybody up. Be nice. <laughs> All right. See you later. So we've been uh, diving into 23, and as we have, we've been talking about the fact that we're not so much looking at making resolutions, but there is a season here that we can um, renew, renew what we're doing, renew our lives by reviewing where we've been. And a couple areas that we always need some review is uh, basic Bible habits like reading your bible and praying and so last week we spent a lot of time talking about uh refreshing the habit of just bible intake today i want to talk talk a bit about prayer and uh just start with a definition what is prayer i'm going to give you a bunch of little points here okay prayer first of all is two-way conversation it's two people involved in a conversation just like you have a conversation with your spouse your sibling your coworker, worker uh, prayer is a conversation with god it's a chance to talk to him and it's a chance to be talked to by him a chance to listen so it's it's two-way conversation it's a, it's a lifelong journey of next steps i can tell you we've been married for 37 years and uh, we've had a lifelong journey of next steps in our conversation We've grown in our ability to understand each other and the same is true as we grow in prayer. You'll find you actually go through uh, different stages and phases of prayer. You'll be in a phase that just seems really good and then all of a sudden it'll seem to dry up. Something's going, what is that? What's going on? Well, it's, it's a dynamic conversation. It's not static. And so as it's a dynamic conversation, we see growth and change along the way. It is both natural and learned. We naturally pray. The car is coming straight toward you. You can see the headlights. We have no problem saying, "God help me." I don't, you know, I didn't need to be taught to say that. I, I just automatically, I reflexively, "God help me." That's a prayer. And at the same time, it can be learned. The disciples come to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And there are things that we can learn about how to pray. Uh, it is an action of speaking as well as stillness of listening, and honestly, a lot of times, waiting. We, we think it's about put a quarter in, get a reward. <laughs> put a prayer in, get an answer. A lot of prayer is waiting. A lot of prayer is waiting for God, what is it you're going to do? And finally, it's rooted in desire. And here's what I love. It's rooted in desire that God has planted in you. God has planted a desire in you to know him. He's, he's planted eternity in the human heart. And so it's not something that we even need to conjure up. It's something God has already placed within us. He's placed a longing in us to connect with him and to talk to him. Now, there's one other thing about prayer. Prayer is deeply personal. And by deeply personal, I mean that what works for me, the way I pray, may not work for you. It's very personal. It reminds me of of David when he's going off to fight, fight Goliath, and Saul says, here, take my armor." And he starts putting on Saul's armor and it's too big and it's not working. And He puts it aside and says, my sling is just fine. Thank you very much. Both were weapons of war. But there was a weapon of war that worked better for David than Saul's armor. And we'll all find that in the process of prayer, that there will be different tools, different methods, different ways that will work for us. So <clears throat> let me share some of the tools that have helped me And maybe you'll find one or more of them helpful for you. Uh, One of the things i found very helpful is movement. Doing something while I'm praying. For me, if I sit down in a very comfortable chair and start to pray silently in my head, before you know it, I am just having these wonderful images going through my mind that have nothing to do with the prayer because I am sleeping and dreaming. And I found that it helped me to move some of the movement even just involved praying out loud even though i'm alone to pray out loud if i if i'm in a context that that's not quite going to work at least moving my lips some sort of movement maybe something in my hand that that just keeps me keeps me active and thinking but i've also found for me walking really helps so I go on prayer walks. I walk along a path. And along the way, it's kind of hard to fall asleep while you're walking. And you're like, well, I shouldn't be falling asleep on God. Of course we shouldn't be falling asleep on God. But I'm telling you what, even what we're doing right now, for you to come and sit for 30 minutes in not the brightest lit room and listen to somebody... Every once in a while, I've seen it, some of you go, "Mm," boom, it happens, you know what I mean? It happens, that's what happens. This isn't about your interest or lack of interest, you're here for crying aloud, right? You decided you were going to pray. And and here's the truth, sometimes God knows the thing we need most is rest. It's crazy, but sometimes we fall asleep because God's saying, that's what you needed right now. So enjoy it. But movement has helped. I found writing of many forms helpful, whether it's been a prayer journal, keeping lists, writing out cards, all these things, having something that I'm visually bringing before my face as a reminder. What I found is when I don't have a tool like that, I find myself just kind of saying the same thing over and over again. But having something that keeps the, keeps the movement going helps. I found guided prayer guided prayer to be helpful and i'll and i'll show you some guided prayer at the end of the service but but um a way of having prompts given to me that i'm supposed to pray for receiving something that says here's the next topic here's the next topic keeps me focused and helps me again to keep a movement of prayer going scripture is incredibly helpful we've talked about that praying through passages of scripture especially the psalms There are different psalms that can be really helpful to pray back to god in our own words and then for me i think the biggest thing that has been helpful is an outline just an outline there's a classic outline taught in prayer acts acts adoration confession thanksgiving and supplication well i i've kind of come up with my own along the way and you might find that you have an outline that keeps you in a flow of prayer. Because much like a conversation, this isn't just coming to God and reading a grocery list and walking away. This is coming with an awareness. I'm in the presence of God, talking to him, working on the relationship together, expressing my heart, and then not just bolting out of the room, but but leaving in a way that that honors and respects the relationship. So here's the outline that's worked for me. I start with the word connect in my mind. Right now I'm going to connect with God. I want to spend some time connecting. And I, and I use several verses for me in the connecting process. I always start with this passage from Exodus where Moses is walking along and he sees the burning bush and he's curious about it. And it says, I've got to go over and see this site and why the bush is not burning. And I love that it says, when God saw that Moses turned aside to see this site, he called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. It was the action, it was the action of Moses to actually go and see he didn't just keep walking by and the bush said, hey, did you notice me? It was, it was a noticing. He was drawn toward the bush, and it was then that the bush said, Moses, Moses, Dennis, Dennis. And we respond with, I'm here, I'm here. I love Psalm 63, the first few verses. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. in a land that is dry, weary, and waterless, I long to gaze on you in your sanctuary and to see your power and glory. Your love is better than life. My lips will recite your praise. All my days I will bless you. In your name In, in your name, I will lift up my hands. A, a verse like that just reminds me that, that I have this deep, intense longing for God, that I want to connect with him. I love Psalm 5.3. It says, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each day I bring my request and I wait expectantly. I'm just waiting expectantly for you. And, And somewhere in this connecting, I love to be reminded of Samuel when God is speaking and he finally says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I don't know who gave the quote, but it's a quote that I love being reminded every time I pray. Let us be silent that we may hear the whisper of God. Too many of our prayers are so full of our words that we can't hear anything God has to say. I don't know if you have anybody in your life like that. You have a conversation with them. They dump on you and you go, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sometimes all God is doing is going, "Uh uh-huh, 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 because we're talking the whole time. Sometimes we need to be quiet long enough to let God prompt us and say, this is what I'm trying to say. So so connecting. Connecting reminds me of the sacred focus of the moment. This is a special conversation. This isn't just any old conversation. I'm connecting with the God of the universe. There's an invitation there from God. Come. The bush is burning. Come. See what's going on. There's engagement. I walk over to see why the bush is not burning up. There's the call of God. Dennis, Dennis. And there's the here I am. I'm here now present with you. So sometimes it's just, don't just race. You're, you're walking into the throne room of the universe. You are walking into the presence of God. Remind yourself of that. This is a sacred moment. Now from there, I like come clean. Connect, then come clean. Come clean is a moment of confession. Because I promise you, I have one habit. I sin daily. It just happens, right? We, we have no Nobody has to tell us, you forgot to sin today. We just, whether, whether it is action, attitude, word, whatever, somewhere along the way, there is there's a mess on the floor created by Dennis. And if I let those build up over time, it blocks the relationship. Just like if I let those offenses build up over time with Kim, before you know it, we're not talking. So, coming clean every day. I love these four verses that help me. And again, I go through these all the time. Psalm 145, I need this reminder as I go for confession. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Who is God? He actually wants to forgive me. Uh, When we think of God, we think he wants to punish me, he wants to slam me. He wants to forgive me. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. God is the forgiver. I don't get to forgive myself. God is the forgiver. And then I love Psalm 51, against 51.4. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done evil in your sight. This wasn't David saying, hey, you know, I didn't hurt Uriah, God. He did hurt Uriah. He had him killed. But he recognizes that greater offense is against God himself. And then I love the verse, I confess my sins to you. I'm deeply sorry for what I've done. And then I'm just quiet and let sins come to my mind as the Spirit prompts me. What's interesting is there are times that I think I know what I did wrong, and the Spirit will say, yeah, but what about this? And there's that reminder that that this was the area that was a problem. Now, what's I think important after we've had a time of confession is to be reminded that there is restoration. So first John one nine, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just, he forgives us our sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And that's not just cheap grace. Hey God, I confess, you have to forgive me. That's that's honoring the relationship. I've sincerely confessed, he forgives. And then I'm reminded of Revelation 3.20. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. That knocking in that particular case is there's some, there's some confession that needs to take place. And when that confession has taken place and the door is open, the relationship is restored. And then I just love setting out the day on Psalm 19.14. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight Oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So it's a commitment for the day. When I come clean, when we come clean, we see God. You see, a lot of times we start with seeing our sin, but we need to see God. God the compassionate, God the merciful, God the one who wants to and is able to forgive. I see my sin. I see the pain it's caused, God. I seek forgiveness for that. And then I start new. I don't just keep beating myself up oh, I shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have done that. There's forgiveness there. Now live in the forgiveness and start a new day, start a new path. So connect and come clean. The third is cry out. This would be classic supplication. This is just bringing my requests to God. And there are so many psalms that you could use to cry out. There's so many psalms that teach us what God wants to hear when we pray. God wants to hear your heart. You don't just need to list, read a matter-of-fact list to Him. That thing you're going through What's the hurt attached to it? There there are requests that when I bring them to God, here's the request, but God, here's the pain that's involved in that. Here's the anticipation or the longing or whatever it is. If you haven't done it before, read through Psalm 88. Beautiful, sincere prayer. Oh Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day. I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer, listen to my cry. For my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I am as good as dead like a strong man with no strength left. They've left me among the dead, and I lie like a corpse in the grave. I'm forgotten. Have you ever prayed? God, I'm forgotten. I don't even think you're seeing me anymore, God. I'm cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depth. Your anger weighs down on me with wave after wave. You have engulfed me. And then he says interlude, stop. Think about that one, God. Think about that one, Dennis. You've driven away my friends, making me repulsive to them. I'm in a trap with no way to escape. My eyes are blinded with tears each day. I beg for help, O oh Lord. I lift my hands to you for mercy. Are are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? I love this part because he basically says, hey, I don't know why you're tormenting me. I want to do something for you. I want to praise you. If I'm gone, who's left to praise you? And he goes on with this. Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? Oh Lord, I cry to you. I keep pleading you day by day. Oh Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I've been sick. Close to death since my youth. It's never been health. I stand helpless and desperate before you, before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like like floodwaters all day long. They've engulfed me completely. You've taken away my companions. You've taken away the people I love. Darkness is my closest Can you imagine praying this to God? Some of us are so polite in our prayers. Dear God, bless the missionaries. Not an ounce of feeling there, just, you know, God, it'd be really nice if I had some candy today. Whew. Cry out. Let him know how it hurts. Darkness is my closest friend. He didn't qualify this a bit here's my pain god here's my hurt god hear me god what's going on here and cry out honesty vulnerability and transparency when's the last time you were honest to god here's what i love he already knows he sees you when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake (laughs) bad or good it's not about santa it's god himself why not be honest why not be vulnerable why not be transparent why not say god this stinks i'm all alone here help me it's direct there's no there no boom here it is god and it's pain filled his pain is on the table connect come clean cry out and then I, i like to end with clear focus god where's the day going where's my life going and for me, two, two passages always come back, Psalm 90 and 2 Corinthians 4. They're kind of my two clear-focused passages that I go to again and again. He starts Psalm 90, through all the generations you have been our home. Every time I, I hear those words, I think back to a group of Swedish people in 1881 gathering in a church basement saying, we're going to start a church and see where it goes. And here we are, 120, 100, more than 20, 140 years later. Through all the generations you have been the home of your people. He goes goes on to say things like, hey, you're going to tell us to go back to dust and we die. You sweep us away. There's a heaviness involved in life. He says, you give 70 years to some, some even get 80. That sounds fine when you're praying that at 20, when you're going to be 60. Okay. Days are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may walk in wisdom. Oh, Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay? Take pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love so we may sing with joy for the end, through the end of our lives. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery and replace the evil years with good. Have you had one of those seasons? That it's like, it seems like everything was taken away. Everything was destroyed. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see your work again. Let our children see your glory. Not just me seeing it, but let my kids see it. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. What a great paragraph to pray every day. There's something of your life going on in that paragraph every day. What does the clear focus do? It gives me the big picture. God has been my home for all the generations. Big picture. There's some reality involved in it. Life's short. I'm going back to dust. In fact, it helps me to see the end. I think it was Stephen Covey with his begin with the end in mind. how, how How do I want to be remembered by Emmett? How do I want to be remembered by Riley, by Brian, by Shelley, by Nate, by Kim, by my church, by people I love? How do I want to be remembered? How will I live my life? The passage is incredibly dependent. I can't do this on my own, and it's bigger than me. It's not just God, let me experience success, but God, let my children see it. It goes beyond me. Connect, come clean, cry out, clear focus. This outline has helped me. You don't have to use mine. My armor may not work. Your slingshot may work a lot better. But having something that walks me through a flow of prayer, that isn't just throwing a few requests out and then I walk out of the room. It's a relationship. This is the flow, the movements of a conversation. So as you're looking at prayer, I think there are some evaluative questions, some, some reflection questions that all of us need to ask what keeps me from praying? When I'm not praying, why is it not happening? And what works when I'm praying? There's some things that I find, hey, when I go back to that, I, I get a good rhythm of prayer going. What used to work that feels tired now? I, I used to, this used to be a go-to, and it just doesn't work the way it did. Or what worked in the past that I might go to again. There's, there's a method of prayer from when I was a youth pastor in Florida that every once in a while i go back and say, let's try that on again. Just kind of return to the roots of prayer for me. Where am I on the prayer journey? Prayer is a journey. Let me, let me lay out some of the steps of the journey. For some of us, we're in the growing part. You're, you're making lists, you're, you're using quoted prayers, you're even getting in groups and for the first time you're willing to pray out loud. And you're like, look, I didn't die. This is great. You're growing in prayer and it's really cool. And then growing leads to deepening where, where the length is getting longer. All of a sudden you're praying for 10 minutes and going, I never imagined I could pray for 10 minutes straight. This is crazy. The intensity is growing. And even your boldness, you're willing to say to somebody, I'll pray for you. Or, would you let me pray for you right now? And it's shocking you that you're willing to do that. Now something happens here. You're flowing along in prayer and all of a sudden, er, it's like brakes hit. What happened? Where all of a sudden it seems like there's a darkness, a disconnect, a staleness, and it's completely unexpected. Things were going so well. You really believe God does this to ask this simple question. Are you in love with prayer or are you in love with me? Are you in love with the habit? Are you in love with the feeling? Are you in love with getting the answers? Or are you in love with me? And so he'll let some silence be there so that we can start to discover, where is our love really? And then I think as we work through that, we come to a place of together, that we realize that together is just, I am in a relationship with God. It is a conversation. Quiet is okay. And we even move to that place that Paul talks about of praying without ceasing. So let me share some tools with you to pray, things that might be helpful to you. Mention guided prayer. So this one's on the YouVersion app right now. It's great. I have it set up as the first thing on my opening page. You have the Today section and the Community section. Community is where your friends are. Today is where all the world happens. And this one's called Daily Refresh. They have the verse of the day. They have a person who talks for a couple of minutes about the verse. And then the next section is called Guided Prayer. And this just brings up some prompts. It brings up a verse and says, pray about that. Or it brings up a question and says, pray about that. So someone's actually doing some, some guiding for you. You might say, I don't know where to even begin. This is a great place to begin. Some training wheels that get us going. And, I, and but I still use these training wheels. I've been praying for a while. It's great to have somebody else ask a question. They go, I never thought about praying about that or praying that way. I like reminders Pings and dings, you know, church bells didn't ring just to say it's three o'clock. They reminded us it's time to come to church. It's time for God's people together. It's time for God's people to talk to God. And so I have a couple of reminders that go off. I was born at 1018 PM. So at 1018 PM, a little, a little reminder that goes off. I don't necessarily stop and drop right there and pray, but it reminds me, you gotta pray today. Don't forget to pray today. There's some reminders that come up throughout the day that that prompt me to pray. The next one is um, ask to pray. Ask to pray. It might be time for you to start making that move that when you're in a conversation and somebody's going through something of some heaviness, to say, I would love to pray for you. Now, for some people, they're not going to want prayer right in the moment, but maybe you would try it. Can I pray with you right now? Depending on the setting, it might be appropriate. Or you might say, Here's what I'm promising. For the next week, I'm praying for you every day. And then do it. Make that move to ask to pray. There are models and classics that are well worth, well worth digging into. Um, I, one of the people that inspired me tremendously in prayer was a man by the name of George Mueller. This is his extended, extended uh, autobiography. And then there's the nice shorter version that I liked called Release the Power of Prayer. George Mueller is this uh, man from, I think, about 150 years ago who ran orphanages in in England, 10,000 orphans he touched. And he never, ever, 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 ever asked for a dime of help. He only prayed. He was committed to, I'm going to pray and see what God does. There were times that in the morning they didn't have food for the kids, and by evening the table was full because he prayed. It's not only on prayer, but it's really on that gift of faith, seeing what real faith looks like. So looking at someone who's been through the battle of prayer and seen that. I I love this very little book by by a fellow named Brother Lawrence, a monk, who believed in practicing the presence of God. His line is, may I sense you in every moment and make my whole life a prayer. He didn't want to just have... Five minutes a day that he talked to God. He wanted every action of his life to be a prayer to God. Beautiful, beautiful prayer. Uh, I love the writings of E.M. Bounds. He was a medic in the Civil War, and uh, he's a man who claims to have prayed four hours a day. and And beautiful, beautiful commentary on prayer. As well as uh, A.W. Tozer is another great spiritually minded person. I love this book called The Pursuit of God, the human thirst for the divine so going after some classics and some models it's really helpful Um, another is to partner and by partner i don't mean necessarily ask somebody else to pray with you but you might ask somebody for some direction you're trying to figure out prayer ask somebody who's spiritually along the line a little bit more than you would you mind having a conversation about your prayer life with me Would you mind listening to what's going on in my prayer and see what God prompts in you about what I might be doing that I could do differently, change up, whatever? Really just having a moment of conversation about prayer with somebody that's spiritually advanced, somebody that's along the way. And then I I love this book by Paul Miller called A Praying Life. He works through this and just gives... All kinds of different tools for prayer. So this one's worth looking at as well. For those of you that are highly attentive, you realize that the acronym is Grandpa. So there you go. (laughs) You'll always remember that. Every one of these tools, they're in your mind. Isn't that like the best picture? I know you think your kid was cute. I'm sorry. (laughs) Cutest baby in the universe. Right there, right there. Father God in heaven. We are like babies in your arms, and you want to love us, and we always have this tendency to push you away. You want us to talk to you, and we just get quiet. You want a relationship with us, and that relationship, in part, is inspired through prayer. Oh, God, today, move our hearts to action. To think through how am i going to engage the almighty on a daily basis having that conversation watching the relationship grow because i'm sharing my heart honestly and god is listening god let this be a church of people who are not just committed to prayer that's a commitment to the vehicle but committed to god committed to loving god And realizing that the way we do that is by talking to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we commune with God. Commune. Conversation. Commune. Communion. Conversation with God. We walk into the tables at the front of the back of the room to get communion today. There's bread there and a cup there. You can bring it back to your seat, spend some time being quiet in the presence of God. We have gluten-free on either side of the stage a table at the back by the camera as well that's got gluten-free. And here's what I love. We're going to be doing a song that I heard for the first time a couple months ago. And it, it, it moved me deeply. I, I promise you, if you've been catching me singing in my car, and you know because I look like an idiot screaming along with the song, but uh, this is the song that's playing. It's called Same God. I prayed to the same God that Moses prayed to. prayed to the same God that Jacob prayed to. Prayed to the exact same God that Mary prayed to. I prayed to the same God that David prayed to. Same God. Listen to the song. If you already know it, sing along to the song and realize that through all the generations, God has been the home of his people. You know, if you play volleyball that well, people are in trouble. But anyway, (laughs) hey, some of you are thinking, I never pray. I don't know how. You know what you just did for the last 15 minutes? You just prayed. I mean, you're sitting there going, oh God, oh God, I need you. Who are you singing that to? You're praying to God. Part of what I love about contemporary songs in worship is they're not about God, they're to God. They're not just declarative. We're expressing our hearts to God. You just did that. You prayed to God. We all prayed together by singing. So continue in that spirit as you go throughout the week. Praying, is a, it's a growing process. It starts with small steps, and we just keep the steps going. Never stop praying. That's the command of Paul. Pray without ceasing. Keep that praying going. Lift the request to God. Talk to God. Enjoy God enjoy praying. I know you will if you'll just take the time to engage with him. I love that we introduced this song this morning, and it's about we pray to the same God as Jacob. I'm, I'm calling on the God of Jacob. In my Bible reading right now, I'm listening through the life of Jacob. Jacob was an utter rascal. He was a total scoundrel. This is a person to whom God should have said, I'm not talking to you. He, it's about the God of heaven. It's not about me. It's about the God of heaven. He wants to hear from you. You may think, but I'm a total scoundrel. He wants to hear from you. He wanted to hear from Jacob. He wants to hear from you. As you're leaving today and you're part of the study coming up, you haven't got a book yet, get the book at the welcome desk. If you want to get in a group and you're not sure, you're like, oh, there's no openings, talk to them. They'd be glad to talk to you today. And as you're leaving, there are two tables of lost and found stuff that we're going to donate to Shanahan Junior High because they love lost and found stuff, right? No, it's out there. Make sure you take it with you today. We'll see you next week.